if we don't have the mindset of curiosity, of an openness to truly experiencing and being taught by other people, then we're, we're never going to really know who we are and how we can shape ourselves. This is a podcast about the adventures of wild women. And through our adventures, we become wild women. We'll get into the heart of what adventure is all about and share stories from the wild women who inspire us to reach higher and dig deeper. We'll shine a spotlight on the mystery of places in the world we've encountered in our travels and where we're dreaming of going next. All women are invited to go wild with us. Welcome. Hi, I'm Jennifer Haddo, owner of Wild Women Expeditions, and I'll be hosting this episode of The Adventures of Wild Women. Today, we chat with Angela Maxwell, an inspirational speaker, mentor for women's growth and empowerment, and truly a wild woman. Her stories are those of tragedy and triumph, of courage, humor, heart, and humanity. She's incredible. And her solo walk around the world is such an inspiring story and really speaks to how it's all in the journey. Have a listen. Angela, I am so happy to be with you right now. Your story has, I have to admit, given me the chills because I think that even though very few people in the world have lived a similar experience. We can relate to so much of what brought you to this journey, this great adventure. And they say that the longest journey begins with a single step. You walked around the world over six and a half years across four continents, 20,000 miles, 14 countries, I want to know, do you remember that feeling you had on the day that you took your first step on this adventure? Just tell me the story of how did it begin? Mm. Well, I can say there were definitely two emotions. There was absolute thrill and terror. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, it's always such an interesting place to be retrospective when we can look back and say, okay, I, you know, I did this thing. I accomplished this thing. I mean, whether it be giving birth to a baby or starting a business. I mean, when I took the first steps, even though I had spent nine months preparing for the journey, like researching, what kind of gear do I take? You know, what, what's the best stove? I mean, what am I, what am I going to use to cook noodles or warm a cup of coffee in the middle of Mongolia? Or, you know, how many pairs of shoes should I actually carry with me? I mean, there was so much involved in it. And I was really a novice adventurer. You know, the kind of like, I would just take a day hike and then comfortably come back to pizza and Netflix. <laughs> so it was quite a crazy idea alone in itself. Uh, you know, to walk around the world is very ambitious, but it was a little bit crazy for me, just not having been such a, an outdoors woman and an adventurer. So, you know, it's interesting. I can't think of the very moment that there was this idea. I think that oftentimes we, it's like we're given these little morsels, you know, like these little pieces. But there is a pivoting point 
where when an idea comes and I don't believe it just is conjured up in our mind. I mean, we're, we're getting reflections in our life and the little, you know, the people we meet that seem spontaneous. And, and so there's always this momentum in our lives that pull us towards something. But I do remember being on a women's retreat in Colorado and I wrote a short story about this because I remember it was, it was a week long thing. And the last day, there's about 25 women. We are practically naked. I mean, there's just boobs flopping everywhere. We're sweaty, we're laughing, we're crying. And it was once I collapsed on the stone floor in this Zendo space, I went, okay, I'm meant to do this. I can't explain why, but this idea, this, this kind of kind of instigation towards this big adventure. I'm going to have to let go of everything that I know of who I am and, and the business that I had been, you know, that I created and was still moving towards an expansion. It's like, I'm from right here on, I'm going to commit to myself and to the, the night sky. I want to go walking across four continents. Oh, goosebumps. Um, I love that you connect it with your intuition and just really trust it yourself in that moment to follow the call. And, you know, those crazy ideas, those are the best ones. I imagine that many people that you encountered around that time in your life, family, friends, probably told you it was a crazy idea. And how did you deal with those naysayers and people who discouraged you to travel, especially traveling as a woman on your own? Mm. Well, it's a great thing to ask because even, you know, five years into the walk, I still had people that <laughs> were concerned or would want to tell me where I should or shouldn't walk or um, to take this trail or walk on this side of the road. I mean, everyone had this opinion and oftentimes it was around my safety uh, just because naturally being a woman doing something alone um, has a risk in itself. However, I think because of my background, I had a lot of tools to work towards meeting negative and disempowering conversation. Meaning when people would say to me, like I remember one friend in Oregon, I had, I had made the commitment. I told my mom, I told my partner at the time, I, I was starting to tell my clients, you know, I'm only going to have so many months to keep working with you. And then I'm going to go off and do this thing. Um, I remember this one person said, Okay, well, that's that's really ambitious. Um, have you thought of just hiking the Pacific Crest Trail? <laughs> and I remember looking at him and I kind of just thought, I understand where you're coming from. But the words that came out of my mouth was, I'm not looking to go on a hike. I want to take on the world. There's a mindset of, and I've always worked this way, you know, this kind of natural saying like, go big or go home. It's always the way I've worked in any of my, my approaches in life. And with my clients, I would always say, think big, big picture. I mean, go to the stars if you want, and then we'll hone it in and we'll make it mm. chewable. You know, we can make it so that, you know, there are little processes um, that you feel like you can, you know, get from point A to point B rather than A to Z. And so I just had this practice, this, you know, meditation um, around positive self-talk. So whenever I would feel those thoughts creeping in, like, oh my goodness, I, the snow's falling outside of my window in Oregon. And I look out there going, 
I'm going to sleep in that. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, and, and literally it could be like right here next to someone's, you know, house or something. Cause I'm, you know, to do this adventure, I, I ha- knew I would have to camp every day. Um, I had to live on, you know, very minimal funds. And so it was just using this, um, this sense of a, something bigger is calling me and I have to trust that and B I know I have the capability because I believe every person has an innate strength and courage and it's just learning to tap into it. And that comes through challenging ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I love what you say about not walking to go on a hike because, you know, at Wild Women Expeditions, we course offer all kinds of hiking adventures to Everest Base Camp and into these you know epic destinations and challenging hikes and I always say it's not about the hike it's not necessarily about the activity it's about what the activity allows you to open to and you know you've said that you walked so that you could feel the world I think that's so beautiful because our world is moving so damn fast and you really took that time for yourself to slow down and simplify and savor these experiences as you walked. So tell me, what did you notice along the walk that was different than how you'd traveled and experienced the the world before when you gave yourself that space to slow down and, and just move through the world and really feel? Mm. Well, one thing is, I think when we're going at a fast speed, and to me that even includes, you know, when when someone's cycling, you know, you, you start with, you know, walking and then cycling and then vehicle to then plane, you know, have these certain measures of speed in which we can navigate the world. And one thing that I just found walking, I mean, even when I do hikes today, there's this deep connection to the sounds, the smells, then which we can, I believe, become a kind of coherence into ourselves. Meaning when, when I think oftentimes, if, if I even experience stress, I know it's because I'm letting my mind get ahead of where I am in the moment. And so it's like I'm trying, I'm, I'm running to catch up to speed. And so there's this, this kind of beautiful art form, I think, of where we know when we've got to pick up pace to keep up to speed with life in itself, but then those places that we can slow down and just listen. It's that kind of feminine intuitive aspect of ourselves. And so the more that I could be in that intuitive place, because if you think about every day, I had to activate my masculine and feminine, which we're all working with, right? Every human being has a feminine masculine side. So my masculine side was what kept me safe. And it would say, okay, I, I have to get up this, you know, steep mountain or, or, you know, I have to get, you know, past this village so that I can find a safer campsite or, you know, that's, what's going to keep me diligent. And, and it's this momentum but the feminine would say, well, how I'm going to get there is going to be shaped by the morning. It's going to be shaped by maybe the sound of the birds around me. It might be shaped by who I meet. And they might give me insight as to, oh, there's this beautiful lake if you just go around this corner that I would never know about. Or, hey, we live so many miles up the road. Would you like to come join my family? 
you know, and have dinner. And so that, you know, and I'm sure this kind of comes in the expeditions that you lead. If we go to a place, we don't want to be comparing what this experience, this culture, this food, this surrounding is like in comparison to back home, we want to be immersed in the culture and the people and nature. And that just comes from allowing ourselves to do that with open eyes, open ears, and an open heart. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Because I think that a lot of our movements in the world and and tourism, um, which is the, the industry that I'm I'm very involved in, um, has become a lot about consuming and moving, I think, too fast. I wonder whether, for some of us, <laughs> um, there's a challenge in slowing down and feeling and truly allowing what arises to, um, to be our focus. You know, I think that sometimes we move fast because it's easier <laughs> Um, to consume, 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 and go, 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 and be busy, which I think is a dirty word. And when we slow down, whether it's hiking instead of uh, driving, or you know, in, in your case, um, giving yourself a lot of time to go through that experience and not being really goal-driven as intensely, I think that some stuff can come up that can be scary to face within ourselves. And so for you traveling walking alone. How did you feel just being with yourself <laughs> and having all of that space? Was it an emotional kind of reckoning with, with things that maybe you hadn't had the opportunity in your, in your previous, you know, faster paced life to explore? Mm. Well, so that's, I love this question because I oftentimes, I feel when I'm speaking with people, especially women, they'll say, oh my gosh, you were so brave. I could never do that. And when I ask them, mm -hmm. well, where are you coming from with that? They usually say, well, I could never, you know, sleep alone, right. In, in, in the middle of nowhere. And, or it's that they couldn't, they wouldn't be okay being alone for so long. And the thing is, that's what I loved about the walk. So I loved the connection. I loved the culture. I mean, some of my favorite experiences were, you know, being invited, you know, in like the Republic of Georgia and in Turkey and in Mongolia into people's homes, you know, having them, even with no language, were communicating, you know, even if it was a little bit of, you know, kind of like a miming. We, you don't even need language to have that deep heart connection. But the aloneness, the solitude, I think is something that we have to craft in our lives so that we can get to know ourselves. Because in a world where social media is in our faces, everything, even if you're you're running your own business, it's still climbing a ladder to the six figures. You know, there's there's still this momentum that it has never harmed anyone at any time in history to slow down and to get in touch with their thoughts so they can understand how they're feeling or get in touch with what they're feeling so they know that what they're thinking, because that is where our true power lies. And if we go, as you know, as if we go into a new place in the world, if we don't have the mindset of curiosity, of an openness to truly experiencing and being taught by other people, then we're we're never going to really know who we are and how we can shape ourselves. 
and let the environment and our experiences when we travel or even when we're at home, letting all of those experiences shape who we are. Mm-hmm. How did you choose where to go? Because I think there's also a more feminine, um, slower mindset about traveling that you know allows us to uh, allows us to wander and allows us to move with opportunities and and see those windows when they open, those invitations that that life gives us. So what was your style of deciding where to go, where you were going to walk and and how did you navigate being open to those invitations that life was giving you along the way and deciding what was really, right for you or what you felt safe in engaging in or you know how did you kind of go off your own beaten track uh if you had an agenda of okay i have to get through this country in this amount of time was it like that for you or were you just kind of going with the flow the whole way Mm. this these are such delicious questions jennifer (laughs) you know well it's so i because it's so um it's so rare for for someone to you know, invite, especially through a podcast to go to the depth of of what this really means. You know, there's the, people see the adventure side, it's the numbers, it's okay, six and a half years in so many countries. But as you know, I mean, travel experience, uh, listening is, is really where to me, the, the deliciousness of what life offers us, where that lies. And so it's the whole ocean in a, in a drop. Yes, exactly. So, so, you know, and it, and I love this question so much because, you know, oftentimes, uh, for example, I, I once had someone, as you can imagine, when you're, when, you know, you've done something and you put it out there, you know, you're open Mm -hmm. to people who are going to tear it apart or compare. And, and so I remember one time, um, a gentleman said to me, well, because you flew and you, and you went to this country and another country and you didn't walk all the way, like a straight line, you didn't really walk around the world. And I remember mm-hmm. I was gutted at the moment. Cause I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And is everyone going to think that? Well, first off, I don't do a walk or I don't think many people go hiking because they care what anyone's going to think. You know, that's why deep down you have to know why you're doing it for you and what you've what you get out of it, the experience, the, the connection with yourself or with nature or with your family when you take your kids out, you know, for a walk. So um, I, I had a friend who helped me and said, well, you kind of waltzed around the world. You kind of, you, you know, you tinkered around and you kind of danced. Oh, just how feminine of you. I love it. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is that, you know, at, at the time I didn't really, I didn't think of it like, Oh, I'm, this is the feminine, but but I do understand that and fully, you know, accept and embody that now. That basically, you know, when I started, I did have this: just take a marker. I'm going to go through Australia, and then and then this flat, big map on my table, and I just went. This is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to do the best I can to stick to it. I know things are going to come up, but here's a straight line. Well, life is not a straight line. We can do our best to, you know, set up for what, how we want something to go. And it hardly ever works out that way. And so what I started to do after I walked Australia, 
And where I thought I would start and end had changed because of course it was shaped by the people I met along the way. It was, it was shaped by where do I need to go to get water? Or an Aboriginal community invited me in and I learned more about the landscape and decided, you know, I want to finish in an Aboriginal community, not a city, you know? So, you know, I decided, well, what if I say I'm going to try to get from point A to point B, my B and my A can completely change before I get there. And I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm going to have a sense just for safety. I'll have a sense that, you know, I'm going to go through this area. And if there's desert, I know I need to carry more water or, you know, if there's an ocean side, oh, well, I can probably have more showers than usable, you know, but I, I just, every morning I would wake up and I'd sit in stillness. Like I'd have my cup of coffee, Maybe I'd have a little bit of you know, soaked oatmeal. And then I would sit and I would literally ask, you know, I'd just say, where am I supposed to go today? I'm listening, guide my steps. And I'd even look for the signs, you know, from, from the birds to the insects, to the person to, oh, there's, a, there's stormy clouds. Maybe I'll go in a different direction. And to me, that was just the absolute um, benefit and um, excitement of being on that journey that I gave myself the time. And what that then meant, Jennifer, was that if I never got to my end, if I never made it to be, I knew that I wasn't meant to and that it was the experiences along the way. And I never judged myself for not making it there. I just knew I'm gonna let the adventure take me on a journey. Yeah, I love that. It, it truly is the, the journey, not, not the destination. And, you know, something that I think is so inspiring about your story, Angela, is that most women listening to this, I would venture to say all, are not going to set out and walk around the world for six years. Mm -hmm. Understandable. <laughs> and what I know, <laughs> um, and what I know to be true is that when we hear these stories from from women like you, our own sense of what's possible for our own lives changes and opens up. And I've had that experience in so many ways where, um, you know, I heard about a woman who had multiple sclerosis, like me, who climbed to the summit of Mount Everest. And I thought, oh, wow, you can do that? And you have the same illness? And I didn't climb to the summit of Mount Everest, but I trekked to base camp. And I think there's a lot of women listening to this right now who are thinking, okay, so I'm really inspired by this story. I'm going to maybe take some more steps in my own life to have these, this kind of experience. One of the things that I think is really challenging is that these stories, these adventure stories are usually centered on the adversity and the challenge and the the negative of what happened and i know that there were some really really big challenges for you along the way and there were some things that happened to you that were awful on your journey and um how do you share your story and it obviously has a very happy ending and you continued and you went through those challenges and you experienced some really, really terrible things that for a lot of women would, would scare them off entirely. Mm -hmm. 
So how do you own your story now and share it in a way that you can center your joy and your realization of all of the wonderful things about yourself and the world that you want to focus on and not negate the fact that, you know, there was some really hard things that happened on this adventure but it was still worth it in the end. Would you would you focus on that as your story or how would you talk about your story now in a way that doesn't dismiss, you know, the negative and the challenge about it all? Mm. Yeah, I, you know, starting with the the last statement you made about not dismissing it. Because so um as you know, I gave a a TEDx talk called Courage is a Verb and that's the way a lot of the listeners if they want to know a little bit more about um, an event that I had in Mongolia, they can watch that video. Um, but that's the thing is even in the the talk I gave, the, the important piece is sharing our story. Mm-hmm. And what we find is that if, if we share what we've experienced, the good, the bad, the ugly, the inspirational, the transformational, meaning all of it, because you can't have one without the other. Really, you can't. I mean, even if someone has experienced something awful or like you said, being diagnosed with something, there, there is still a place where we realize nothing is actually wrong. Nothing has been done to us. That ultimately, when we're getting out of our comfort zones, we're expanding our capacity to feel, to serve and contribute in the world. And so by... To answer in a more broader perspective, and then and then we can hone this in. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten out the door. I don't know if I would have ever even said yes to this calling. And I definitely don't think when I was sitting in the ravine in Mongolia, waiting for the sun to rise, and knowing, do I quit and give up because my worst fear came true, or do I do I become like all those women who shared their stories? Could I be that courageous? I don't know if I would have made those decisions if it weren't for the women who went before me and were willing to share the story, Mm. whether it be that something was completely, you know, it was triumphant, but as we know, a woman who attempts to, you know, a high peak, like she wants to do Mount Everest or she wants to, you know, run across the Appalachian trail and break a record. I mean, it's not without the most extreme prejudice, oftentimes um, judgment, the challenges physically, but definitely mentally and emotionally. Yeah. So what I find is that with having things like I got dengue fever, um, I had several times where individuals, which were, you know, all men, but that had physically come and approached me where I had to, you know, physically fight them off. And then in Mongolia, which, you know, was also a sexual attack in my tent at night, if, if I don't talk about those things, it continues to perpetuate it as a taboo. And instead, if I say, yes, there's danger, but as you know, Jennifer, there's danger. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, living, you know, in your hometown that you grew up in and you're going to the grocery store, it doesn't mean that a car isn't going too fast while they're texting. It doesn't mean that there isn't just naturally a risk in just being human, getting in a vehicle, getting on a plane. And when we realize that it's just those stories around fear, not the actual situation, and I think this is important, meaning it's not actually what happened. It's when people perpetuate fear 
rather than here's the story and here's how I faced it. Here's how I then got through it. And here is how I'm now thriving. So to kind of answer that more pinpointedly, I believe by, by sharing the story, the situations, the challenges, but then finishing and focusing on here's how you two can do it. Cause if I could do this, I know you can too, because we're all born innately strong, courageous, and have the ability to choose what we're thinking and therefore how we can move forward in life. No matter how much pain we have, no matter the horrible incidences that, that women all over the world are experiencing. And so by owning the thriving that happens at the end of the story, as you said, kind of a happy ending, that becomes, I believe, the most encouraging thing we could do. The most inspiring thing is by sharing the whole story, but reminding them, how did you do it? How did you get through that? I love, I love that. Thank you. (laughs) I just, I feel that that's, that's what we're trying to create with this podcast is this storytelling that, that really shows women what the process is and, and how they can make that work in whatever way is, is, real for them. You know, we don't all have to climb Mount Everest. We don't all have to walk around the world. We don't all have to do these extreme adventures. And as you said, for a lot of women, it's not even the physical journey. It's the emotional journey. It's the the mental challenges that are the most intimidating. And right now you're working on a coaching program for women to help them to get unstuck and face their fears and live their potential. What, what do you hear is the greatest barrier for women stepping out on the adventures they're dreaming of, even ones that are, you know, smaller, shorter, slower? <laughs> what, what, yes. what, what do you hear women say is, is the, the sticking point for them to go for it? Well, as the umbrella to that, it's, it always comes down to negative self-talk. Mm. Like things that we have heard throughout our lives that we have chosen to agree with, that we believe. And it's kind of like, I say, honestly, it's the inner mean girl. (laughs) And it's the things that we consciously and unconsciously say to ourselves. And so that's, it's the not enoughness. Mm. That's the biggest barrier. Even I had, it's the biggest barrier I had. And that all my clients for, for the, you know, I had 12 years of being, um, a coach, like a life coach and, and, and in ways kind of a spiritual mentor, but it was basically the not enoughness. I'm not smart enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not strong enough. Those aspects that we think about ourselves, which we generally don't think about other people. I mean, for, for a woman who has a circle of her friends, it's very rare. She's ever going to look at her best friend and say, yeah, you're just not smart enough to do that. But we, we don't, we don't think those things and generally don't say those things to other people, but we do it to ourselves. And it, it is such a habitual thing within our mind that we do it unconsciously. So the moment that someone says, 
oh, they just finished watching a movie or something. And they think, oh, I want to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or, oh, I, I love the idea of just going off to Italy and in a woman's expedition. And then someone says something to them. Like, ooh, you're gonna wait. You're gonna fly alone. You're gonna you're gonna land alone. Um, yeah, you might meet some people there, but you know, you don't know the language. You don't know this or that. And it, it seeps in through their ears, and it touches on that place that it perfectly lives and resides in, which is, oh yeah, you're right. It's not safe enough. I'm I'm not enough of something to be able to do that thing. I I don't have the experience. And it could be literally, you're just making a cup of tea and you hear what, what feedback you've had from people around. And the most empowering thing we can do is, is know, and these, there are tools that we can have that we decide, are we actually going to agree with that? Because truth is only what we decide is true for us. So at any given time, I mean, the only way I could walk and to keep walking through extremely challenging times like snow blizzards and sandstorms and you know no one around me who speaks english and i might feel really alone i mean thank goodness i like my company <laughs> but you know how do i keep getting through that the only way i could do that is my body couldn't carry me through it i had meaning i had to use a sense of strength in my thoughts and in my mind, which would then allow me emotionally to keep moving forward. It would allow me to choose to stay open to the experience. Otherwise, there are so many times that I would want to give up. And it's also what, as you said, stops people from ever beginning just a little pivot in their lives. Mm -hmm. Just a little pivot. Like you said, you don't have to go hiking. You don't have to go anywhere. But everyone in their lives will have something that they want to improve. They want, you know, um, like I was a big overeater and, um, and I usually drank too many martinis. You know, I, I had all of these, you know, habits and vices that were keeping me from really being the type of person I wanted to be in the world, which was a good listener, a good speaker, um, really open-hearted, even in the moments of pain and challenge. And it wasn't, I can't just say it was the walk. It's not that I, I was pushing a cart on some path in the middle of Australia. It was the mindset. It was the tools that I believed in myself and that there's something greater that is calling me forward. And so I had to keep tapping in and, and basically utilize positive self-talk in creating rituals and habits in my life that would help me to continue forward. And I think that's the most important thing we could have. Mm-hmm. Is, is faith in ourselves, but then utilizing those tools, which is why for the first time since I finished my walk, actually the first time in seven years that I'm opening up to work with a small group of women for four months to really take them through that journey. What is holding you back? What are the thoughts? And noticing when it comes in in your world. Mm-hmm. When someone says to you, oh, you know, it looks like you're gaining weight or, oh, you don't look good. You're not sleeping well or, oh, you know where we stop believing those things and we start telling ourselves who we really want to be, which becomes the truth of who we are. Yes. Yes. I know that this story, your story that you're so generously sharing with all of us is going to help women to take that next next step, whatever that means for them. And I feel so moved and inspired and um, wow, Angela, I'm 
so curious about what your next adventure is going to be. Um, uh, Me too. Sometimes I go, what is it? No. <laughs> it'll find you. It'll find you and it'll invite you. And, uh, and I'm sure that you're going to uh, listen and, and take that next step when it, when it appears. How can women connect with you and find you and learn more about your story? This has been such a great um, introduction, but uh, I'd love to, I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Cause you know, honestly, Jennifer, what you've created is profound. It's as I said to you before we started this, that it's kind of a dream business. Mm. So um, I want to know how I can support wild women expeditions as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically at this point, she walks the earth.com. That's my website. That's where I'll launch my book. That's where my program, which I believe is going to start in early September. So by the time this comes out, you know, there's some of your listeners that hopefully they'll, I'll still have some spots. I'm only going to take uh, 20 women into the program and it'll take us from September to the end of the year. And I consider it like a prepping, you know, how do you, like, it's like preparing for the hike. It's how do we prepare for those changes and start taking those little chewable steps. Mm -hmm. um, and she walks the earth.com, you know, my TEDx talk is there for, for any women who have listened and wonder, okay, you know, what, what was Angela's walk like and what is, what is it that I experienced um, in Mongolia and basically the innate courage that we all have and that I believe everyone has the ability to tap into. So just for the moment, just going to my website. And like I said, I don't know what the next adventure is. I have Iceland on my mind. Mm. <laughs> um, and so uh, I'll, I'll keep everyone updated on, on what the next step is. Thank you so much, Angela. Wild Women Expeditions is a global leader in women's adventure travel, and we're so much more. We're nature lovers. We aim to empower women and communities around the world. Want to know more? Check us out at wildwomenexpeditions.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>